another late development, and this news keeps coming in as we're talking here. Yeah, I don't hear it, but I got my Black Dollars Matter shirt. JB, I mean, uh, Black, who that? Uh, Edward Art? Um, Sven sent this to me. Y'all know Sven? Hmm. He went to North for a little bit. He transferred, he went to Thor now. So maybe y'all switched up at the same time, right? I'm pretty sure he won't know the nigga. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Uh, all right, then. Let's, let's get it on the road. Uh... Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Books and Beyond Mail Book Club. This is episode two for the Miseducation of the Negro. Uh, as always, I am your host, Hero, and I am joined today by the four horsemen. I got Rob, Black, JB. Rob, how you doing, man? How's your week been? Man, this week's this week's been kind of chaotic. Yo, you can uh, hear me, Rob? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> this man, <laughs> he a troll. <laughs> Yo, everybody just troll. What happened? We all here, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you um, you was like um, the four horsemen. Then after that, everybody was. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, man. Uh, Rob, finish up before you was trolled. What happened? Man, it, it 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 was pretty busy from a uh, from a work perspective, but I think um, the chapters that we're going to discuss today kind of helped me get get through the week. I've been looking forward to talking about these chapters all week, to be honest. Well, we ain't gonna delay. So, what's up, JB? Man, it was uh it was a good week, man. Um, you know, these chapters, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll touch on kind of the shirt I'm wearing. It's called Angry Hero. <laughs> um, and my boys who make it and put that front and center, lower your camera so we can see that. Okay. Motto, motto behind, you know, an angry hero is we all get angry, but what are you doing with the anger? You know, and we'll talk about the video. There's a lot of anger behind it. Um, and for me personally, I've been seeking out, I always say, you know, I always tell people, you know, you should seek out mentorship, but on the other side of it, me as me being a mentor now, just seeking out people to mentor. Um, and to be a mentor too. So that's what, you know, that's what I've been trying to do this week. So Black, I didn't, I mean, JB, I didn't, uh, Rob, I didn't even get to ask, did you have anybody you was trying to shout out in the beginning of the episode? Oh yeah. Uh, this week's, this week, um, Entrepreneur Spotlight is going to go to Edward Art. Um, he's an entrepreneur based out of Chicago and this shirt says one eat, all eat. And I feel like that's the model I live by. All right. All right. Black, are you available? He gone, gone. No, nah, I'm here. I'm here. What's up? What's up? What's black up? man. So black, since you the since you the rich hood figure in the group, man, how's that PS5 treating you? <laughs> man, it's fun, bro. I've been um hyping out. I've been playing. I only been playing a few games though. Spider Man, 2K. Um, I tested out that Astro World shit. That shit, the way it it, it it's the controller is crazy, bro. The way the controller is crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, so as far as that, and then I was thinking about getting Ball Holler and motherfucking um, Devil May Cry. Mm. Holler is a long game. It's about 90 hours worth of content, so I'm like 40 hours. Shit, I got, re- I, I got Red Dead Redemption, so shit, I know about long game. Oh, man, that's a long, long game. Um, currently, it's, for me at least, uh, I don't even know. What where my mind is right now as far as editing is, but uh, I'm getting ready to get the end of the year podcast video going out, so that'll be uh, something to be looking for. I'm like compiling all the videos. I think I got I let out uh, 46 podcasts this year, so that's going to be a compiling for to put in like a whole one hour, two hour long segment of just the best snippets, the gems, the guests, the host, funny moments, the real moments on the podcast. It'll be nice to get that out. So y'all look forward to that. But uh, without any further delay, we're going to jump into this. And um, it's just, this was a heavy like group of chapters after chapter after chapter. It was, it was like depressing to keep thinking about stuff that it, the book told me I was doing, but I didn't realize I was doing it. Like, even if I'm consciously aware, like, okay, and I'm not going to go in order right for right now because I just want to speak on something like the patience that I show black entrepreneurs is something that I, that I pride myself on, but I didn't even retro retro stand, understand up into this moment that, you know, they require a little bit extra patience because they've been, they weren't, no one ever taught them what customer service is supposed to look like. They might've worked at a fast food joint, but they were only told to be nice to the customer. So they didn't lose their job not to maintain entrepreneurship. There was so many things that happened in this chapter, but I just, if you guys want to give a quick overview of like, just what this chap, this week's episode is going to mean to you, go ahead, uh, JB. Man, I think, uh, I think it goes back to where I was coming from, from the mentorship standpoint, but even like, you know, um, for, for, for us that have accomplished something or in the different spaces, you know, uh, that we work in being able to reach back and, and showing, you know, the value of what we do. I was asking my, my wife recently, I think it was like last summer, like, do they even do career days anymore? You know, I didn't even remember a career day after like second grade. The only career day I ever seen was a fucking recruiters. Right. right. (laughs) Right. And we, I mean, you know, we, we ain't never seen nobody do anything. You know, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I, I want to do. I enjoy what I do, but this ain't it for me, you know. So. Black, what about you? What did this, uh, what's this, what did these group of chapters say to you in the gist? Man, it pretty, damn, it pretty much been, um, we pretty much been going saying the same thing. Like, as far as what these chapters are saying, like, I, I pretty much been saying that type of shit all the time. And we've been going over this all the time, especially with the lack of education about politics. Man, that chapter is going to be heavy. Man. Rob, uh, I know you was, you're eager to get to chapter nine, so I'm going to expedite that one. But uh, was the general gist of this segment, anything you want to stand out to you? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I think between JB and Black, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of cover the the gist of the chapters we're going to cover today. All right, then let's hop on into it. Chapter six talks about the power of religion in uh, the miseducation of the black man. And in addition to that, how 
religion is important and it's also a detriment to us. Uh, I think the great the great comparisons that really caught me in the book was there's a church, there's a there's two churches to every hood, every block in the hood. And you know what other stat replicates that? Gun stores, liquor stores, and um, and some type of financial assistance. It's 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 shocking to see that parallel. It's shocking to see that parallel. Um, but I don't want to sit here and condemn religion because as much as I'm I'm definitely a cynic of religion. As a person who went and got higher education and came back to my hometown and saw like all these people still going to church and sitting here listening to this rowling of religion, I was like, okay, this is a little much. And I had in my ear, I'm a scientist by by design. So I've already gone the spectrum of what is the theory of creations and how I poke holes in certain conversations. By design, my my mind has been taught to poke holes in situations because that's how I solve problems. But when you when I had to return back to it and that and I tried to impose that knowledge on the people, the pushback I got from the religious circle made me say, well, then I just won't go here anymore. I'm not 13 years old anymore. I don't have to follow my parents to church on Sundays. I don't have to do that. What was, was there ever a, 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 a dissonance for you guys in the battle of like growing up in these homes where religion was everything. And then you become an adult and you have your own way of thinking and people are conflicting with you that you were raised by. I think growing up for me. Um, so I come from a, 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 a Baptist family and as I started, so we were forced to go to church, right? But as I as I grew in age, I started to there started to kind of be this internal um, this internal conflict I would have with the church because as I started to age, and, and this happened at a lot of different churches because at first I thought it was just a church I attended, but I felt like they paid more them being um, the people who run the church they paid more focus or attention to tithes than actually helping and healing the community. And that really pissed me off to a point where I think when I, when I um, got to high school, I'm like, I'm not going to church because of it, because it's like, these people are hurting. And it's like, y'all do tithes five times, bring the plate around five times and y'all ain't helping this community. All of these, all of the schools underprivileged, this area around this church is messed up. What are you doing with the money? What yeah, about you, JB? I remember, uh, I actually remember I was in church uh, and we had a guest minister and we had three of the different, I guess, sister churches all come together, right? And a guest minister came and spoke. And I'll never forget when he said this, because this was always something I thought of, because I remember when our church broke off and he was like, we could be so much stronger if we stayed together, but you know, we always get so many different ministers that feel they got the calling and they need to go and take so many people out and like the churches don't grow. So I remember this concept. Um, and, and that all, that was one thing that definitely bothered me. Um, and I know my mom early, she went to an older school church and like, she got a lot of pushback from me and my siblings, but you know, to her, to her, uh, you know, gratitude to her and everything to her that she was thinking about. She started making changes because of some of the things that we were saying. And I guess some of the ways she was growing also. Um, and we started going to more of a, 
I guess my my pastor that we went to as I got into high school, he was more the educated Negro pastor, you know, and that's why I was actually like I like I could go here and and like listen to what he talking about because it related to where I'm at today, you know. And he wasn't all about kind of like and he would have programs where my mom was an insurance agent. He would give her the the platform to come in and talk about insurance to the to the people and do different things like that. So like. And that's exactly how it should be kind of, you know, according to, to this, you know, so. Uh, Black, what's your feeling on this? Because I'm, me as a person, like, I have I have belief in a higher power, but I don't believe in religious systems. It just doesn't make sense to me. I was raised Muslim, boarding school, Catholic, and then Protestant uh, my last semester in Nigeria. So what about you, Black, on this? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been an atheist since I was like seven. So as, as far as like for me, I, I I get I get the concept of you know what it do, what it does for people as far as them having faith in it. And a lot of people it helps out, but a lot of people also use it to judge others. I don't like that. But then it's like Ralph was saying, as much as they get the money they get, they don't put it into nothing. Most churches don't. There's a majority of them that don't. But yeah, religion never been really my thing. It's it's that's that was the biggest form of separation, and then we add on all these other forms with with the gangs and all that shit. So all it is is that's that's the main force of separation in the world, and what then is, you know race. That's okay. um, you know the other thing that kind of popped out to me about this chapter is like I thought about the nation, right, the nation of Islam, and like how threatening the nation was to the powers that be. You know, the FBI following Malcolm and. Uh, Minister Muhammad everywhere they went, but ultimately Malcolm's education was what threatened Minister Muhammad and kind of broke up what they was doing. Um, they was fucked up. Yeah, well, like, well, 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 yeah like, they were fucked up. I, yeah, because Malcolm had no issue. Malcolm, <clears throat> Malcolm is Freeman. From is the closest thing we had to Freeman because Malcolm <clears throat> had no problem taking the education he learned from <clears throat> the man. To impose as well, and both freedom fighters, him and uh, MLK, they both met their demise when they started thinking about money. Once monies became their, when it went from turn the other cheek to, hey, go get your money, man, because where the money is, the the power follows, and that goes into the political span. Uh, Black, you were saying. No, we good. We can move on. I'm not big on religion. I'm big on if you can't prove it to me, so. <laughs> that nigga Jesus was a carpenter, so we ain't got a chair nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, who made you like this, Black? What is wrong? <laughs> uh, the closing in this is um, just the mention of when Black people see their people in a predicament versus when white people see themselves in a predicament. And the immediate nature is to, for black people to kind of be like, hey, that ain't my problem versus the white man. Well, I'm going to do something to your in a better position. And this further goes, they don't, he doesn't expand on this much. He just mentions it at the end of chapter six, but it's that situation where a judge is a white judge and his, he's convicting a 19 year old dude of rape. And he says, well, my son is 19 and you know, he deserves a chance. But a black person gets 36 years, no questions asked. So it's that duality of wanting to help ourselves and getting into that position. As far as chapter seven, I didn't, 
chapter seven, chapter eight were just minutes to me. I didn't have much written down for chapter seven. Did anybody want to take lead there? Because it's still talking about religion and acceptance. Yeah. I got a little from eight, but not from seven. Seven is, what about you, JB? Uh, you know, I think about some of those bigger churches, right? Um, mm-hmm. And kind of seven, um, you know, how school theology is all about memorization and you get an educated Negro come in, but they don't know how to connect with the people. Um, and I think that seven had more of the solutions for six. Yes. And that's, yes. I, that's how yeah. I really kind of took it. The, the thing the, that I grabbed from, go ahead, Black. The biggest thing it was just pointing out was how black people ain't have no own their own like pull or push. It was just whatever this man, whatever they said was the move, they moved on to it. So every they jumped to every religion. They was uh, well, not religion was was what did they call it? When um, the Baptist, the um, Methodist, the, the Evangelist, and all of that shit. They were just switching over yeah. to whatever the fuck they were told to. And that was then that was an issue too. It was just like, all right, we gonna be with this, and then at the end. That split up most of the black people. You know, when I was in, uh, when I lived in Nigeria, there was this constant saying that religion is is big over there, but it's there's a subsectors villages where there is no religion. There's no, there's not even running water. So like they don't have this. And one of their sayings is to whenever educated people come into their village was, who taught who taught you about God? Because our gods were here giving us water, rain, corn, food, whatever the hell we wanted. So before you come talking about how Jesus walked on water, who brought that water to you? Because Osha brought it. Osa brought it to us. Oh, Awegwe brought it to him. Ogun brought it to us. You know, the sun and all of that. Um, do you think black people, uh, the introduction of religion to black folks was a detriment to them? Yeah. So for the, like, what they say the, the story of our religions were written on the tomb on the walls of the tombs and everything in Africa so what was supposedly happen is they split everything up to create different sections like pretty much every religion they have talks about the same stuff and the same people but they split up like who, what they gonna call them now and then like you got Haru and all of them that was you know same story as Jesus but thousands of years before Jesus and it's just the fact that they, they slip all those books, man, and, and create their own thing to try to preach what they want to, to better themselves. Like on Book of Eli. Book of Eli is that a white great man, book. Great movie. That, that 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 the only reason he wanted that book was to control people. People. Yeah. Go for it, I, JB. I took I took a course called Philosophy and Religion. And um I think it was in my sophomore year of college. And that was when I really took a step back from religion and I uh, looked at it and I said, you know, all of these denominations, whether you Muslim or Christian or whatever, like we spend so much time focusing on why we different that, you know, and we never come together. Like most of them from a positive standpoint, they all say the same thing, you know? Uh, and if you focus on that, like who, who cares about what religion you are at that point? Uh, we can all come together. We all out for the same thing. But the thing is, like, if you if you out for the same thing, I'm out for. Who gonna get it first? 
But I'm saying from a standpoint of not even who leading the religion. No, I'm, I'm saying, saying like, yeah, I'm saying some people, you know, some people would think that they would, they'd be like, who's going to get it first? <coughs> you or me? Or it's, it's, not, it's, it's not more so, am, am I going to help you to get it while you help me? It's more the, so. the author poses a very interesting question. Why doesn't religion t- it preach acceptance only versus mm-hmm. it preaching this is the way versus preaching, mm-hmm. hey, this it's kind of strange to see now the Pope Francis is saying, ah, gay couples are okay. When and that's what kills me. Ten that's years ago, th- you could be excommunicated <laughs> from the church for for such yeah. statements. So I don't, like- I don't think they should change up. That's that's a big thing for me. So if I was religious, religion, religious, I would not want them to try to change up the Bible to what they feel the times are, because that book is written fucking in one perspective. There's no other perspective. No, ain't no. When you look but at isn't it this that way, proof, just, isn't that further proof that the book itself isn't? It's isn't consequential. That's just further proof that the but book. I'm isn't... saying, but that's the problem. Like, like, how are we gonna like fully for believe in this thing if if we can't if we if if we ain't following it the right way? See, to do it the right way, I don't do it at all. That's that. I hate that that they want to switch up all that type of their beliefs on the times. Yeah, but at the same time, they run the risk of then because what ends up happening is you got these people who inquire who have these these tendencies who are the gay who have different beliefs and they they fund your church and if you yeah. shun them away it's, so it comes back down to money that's all it is because yeah. if, if at the end of the day and if if the man comes back and then he's like all right so everybody been following what i'm saying and then, and then everybody who's accepting everything that he want them to accept they all going to hell with the people that's going to hell like fuck, we all just gonna go to hell who the fuck not like at this point, other than you know the, um, the Israelites, them probably the only motherfuckers. Not hey, going you to can't hell. tell no Israelite they not going to heaven. They gonna fight you, and they gonna tell <laughs> the ones that they fighting you to go do your own goddamn research. Yeah, it depends on who you talking to though. It depends on who you talking to. Like you get my boy Eli on that, he he'll explain everything to you. But it's either them and the Muslims that follow the book by the, like how they want you to do it. They're the only people going to heaven if they gonna <laughs> if, if, if you fucking um five a.m. every morning my mom's up praying I just be like wow the, the level of dedication the, yeah. you can't even go out and have a good night because you get home at three you turn around and be like damn I gotta talk to God in two hours like what <laughs> what no way yeah them the only people going to, if, if heaven is real them the only people going the people that really follow that motherfucker everybody else is accepting everything worry about. How they living here with or the money that they making from these people that they lying to? They all going to hell together. That's why I'll be like, they be like, you want like, man, look, we all going to hell together. Ain't nobody married. We all fucking. Everybody lying. <laughs> Everybody praising Jesus like he God. When in the book tells you, beware those who come to you in my name, claiming to be me. Hey. We're, we're gonna praise Jesus every day. Like, all right. <laughs> He said, "It don't matter. I'm gonna be, I'll be, I'll be an atheist. Y'all go black, 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 black. Say I ain't gonna be alone. Look, ask a marine about hell, bro. We gonna take that motherfucker over. <laughs> ask a marine what they, how they feel about going to hell. They gonna tell you. Well, we gonna take that bitch over. Yeah, I mean, we gonna take. We gonna man, black. Why you want no Navy Seal, man? I always wanted to want, wanted to know that. Do a hell week." Shit. You seen that motherfucker? I, I can see some videos on Wildwood. I ain't swimming doing all that crazy ass shit. You ain't dropping me out <laughs> a mile and a half out in the cold ass water expecting me to swim back. That's the thing? Oh, hey, they're going to take yeah, your ass out gonna, there and drop you gonna, out in that water. They're going to put you through bush training. Hell uh, the ocean, though. The ocean. They drop you in the ocean. Not like the Raiden Ocean, boys. It's, it's 
make it back. You and then and it's some shit like when you go on, they got you got to get in the water, right? And you got to swim to the bottom. You can't come up until they tell you to come up. They're not gonna tell you to come up until you pass out. And all I read they Dave, you out the water and bring you back. I read David Goggins' book. It's called "Can't Hurt Me." He went through that shit three times. Oh, that shit was crazy. He crazy. That dude crazy. He not. I, I think I think I know who you talk about. Um, he ain't really go through. She was a, like, I got, I got. Show me a picture of him, like, and then I'm gonna tell you if that's the dude. He light skin like, dude. Oh, light skin. Yeah. Not white. No, no that's a light skin dude. dude. Why did he go through it three times? He couldn't make it. Cause he he had different things where he had sickle cell actually the first time oh. he was trying to go through. And yeah, that's him. Leave. That's him. Yeah, that's him right there. That's the book right there. Yeah, but there ain't no joke. It's like they recruited me to go to Marsoc. Marsoc is the Marine Corps version of um, the Navy SEAL, so it's a little it's a little crazy. To, like <laughs> you gotta you gotta qualify to make it to their training. So the first week I sent sent that to my nephew. The first week they fucking got you working. The first day they killing you, and while they doing that shit, like you doing all these workouts shit, they pouring water in your motherfucking face <laughs> with a hose, bro. I see the dude on the ground just. Then that he doing the sit up and just pouring water in his face. He's doing push up and just pouring water. I'm like, boy, unnecessary aggression. In training, you running the whole time. Like you got a, all your stuff on your back, and y'all running everywhere y'all go. The child, y'all running everything y'all do. Y'all running, working out, boy. Y'all running between eight and ten miles on a regular basis. That ain't no joke. With all your shit on, running through sand and by the ocean and shit. That water on your clothes, and that you weigh like thirty pounds more when you soaking wet. Yeah, I'm good on that. I'll stick to my little up downs in football practice. Yeah, uh, I know I got us off topic, my fault here. I was oh, just no. curious. Hey, no, it's we can talk uh, about anything. Shit, it was we, like they recruited me because I was good at certain stuff. But once I like, you know, I listen. Like, oh no, nah. I'm not putting no center blocks in my book bag and swimming. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just not a seller for pain. Like in my mind. Yeah. I just don't see, like, as good as life, have you, I, like, anybody be like, hey, I need you to drop you off in the middle of the ocean and swim back. I would just hit them with the, but have you had a cinnamon roll before? Because that shit is amazing. <laughs> like, why would it's, you the wa- this- it's the water part that kills most people, bro. Like, a lot of the stuff ain't, ain't, ain't as bad, but it's the water that's going to kill the majority of the people. Yeah. No, nah, you can know how to swim. You just got to know how to swim fucking amazingly. Like, how do you, like, how do you <laughs> like, swim a mile? With, no, that's what yeah, I said. Know how to you. swim. Like, there's swimming. No, you got to no, you, you you be swim. a fish. Yeah, you got to be <laughs> right. a fish. Because knowing how to swim know. ain't going to help you if you're <laughs> if you like, like, Rob was a swimmer. I got the base. So I'm pretty sure he probably can get there. <laughs> but not me. I'm not fucking hopping in no ocean. Especially when it's cold, bro. Because look, what they do is throw you in um negative degree water. So you got to jump in there and to neck down. They're going to tell you when to go under. So you go under and you come up. And then you got to answer questions before they let you out. So once you go in that shop and your mind gets a tweak and out, like, what's yeah. two plus two? Your ass don't know what the fuck two plus two is. You got to stand <laughs> yeah. there until they tell you to come out. Yeah, they want to see you fuck how up, you how, how, how the military go, bro. If you don't do exactly what the – if you do exactly what they tell you, it's fucking simple. But your ass get in that water. Cause he gonna tell you before you get in the water. He's like, all right, when you, when you get in the water, you just jump in and you um go down to the neck. And then I'm gonna tell you when to go underneath. I'm gonna tell you when to come up, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna ask you questions, stuff like that. People hop in the water and go straight underneath <laughs> and come back up. They're like you ain't listen to what the fuck I just said to you. He say he's gonna like, tell you when to go under. Now you gotta wait until he say go under now, and then come back <laughs> up in that negative degree water. Your ass losing your brain out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got some videos of that shit. That shit is, is crazy, bro. I wouldn't do it. That's how you fuck up in the military, bro. In boot camp, any training thing. If you don't do exact, if you do exactly what they tell you, that shit would be super easy. <laughs> but they gonna they trying to kill your mind though. So if they can break yeah. you down, they gonna they can build you up. So you go in there, not knowing like the best people are the people that go in there that that's new that don't know shit about nothing because they mm-hmm. come out the best. But when you come in there with bad habits, yeah, and, and I know this shit. Habit. Oh, that shit. That's gonna be the worst worst thing for you. <laughs> Got to break the bad habits. Uh, shit. Well, chapter eight. Um, kind of spoke. The, chapter eight spoke to me is uh, it was like the pretense to chapter nine and just trusting black people to do white jobs. This kind of hit me kind of hard because I work in the medical field and me being a person, this happened to me literally on Friday as I walked into the ER. And I usually wear my hair up because it's just easier to then put it into the bowl and, and then go into surgery. But I sometimes I just come in with my hair down. And I have my hair down. Obviously, I got my mask on. And I walk past security guard who doesn't, you know, pay me no mind. You know, he's a he understands. He sees the logo. He's like, all right, go about your business. Like he does. He's he gives me the normal stare down. But as I'm walking towards the front desk, I say, hey, can you buzz me in? And they're like, who are you here to see? And I was like. I, I'm here to work. And they were like, okay, but on what patient? I was like, I, I don't even know that answer because I'm here to work. So it's like, just buzz me in. They're like, well, yeah, but there's a security guard. And I had to remember that July, that's anytime you get sick, anytime you get sick, never go to the hospital in July or June because that's usually when the new kids are coming in. That's when all the new people come in. So it's going to look like a total shit show. But, uh, since we had COVID, they pushed that shit to now. So they're now just entering in. And it, it took me a second for me to click, like, oh, these are all new people. I said, uh, I, I'm going to go see my patient. And they just kept fucking. I'm like, all right, look, here's the patient's you know name. I said, patient, and they're like, sir, do you understand that patient's dead? I was like, and then I showed her my logo. I was like, yeah, because I work in a morgue, woman. That's my job. I take organs out of dead bodies and put them into living people. You get my drift now? And she's like, oh, I'm so, I'm like, now, focus. I want you to remember this story. Remember this face. Tell all your friends. Don't ever stop this face. All right. Now you're a legend. Go tell the story. And it's just that thing where it was like the doctor behind me, the doctor in front of me didn't get that same treatment. They He said, buzz the weapon. They just let him in. So whether it was some kind and the thing that kind of put the icing on the cake was she said while she was questioning me. I it's not my I hope I'm not trying to upset you. It's just something we have to do. As if almost to imply that, hey, don't think I'm being some type of way. I'm just trying to do my job. But in reality, the situation is the moment I showed you my badge, it should have been enough. Right. So this kind of stuck with me. Trusting black people to do white jobs is something that is still hindering us today. You got you got people that, that talk about stuff like that all the time. As far as having black people do stuff that they think white people should do. And it be black people. Oh, for sure. It, if, absolutely. Yeah, man. I just feel like I just feel like uh um the one quote in chapter eight that stood out to me the most was like the thing the the thing the patient needed the most was taken from him so that he might therefore die. And talking about like uh, the justice system and how we deteriorate away from being, you know, lawyers and being in the legal system, 
you know, um, and it, it's, it took me back to a, a situation I had personally, like, uh, I was going back and forth with my slumlord at the time, um, and I decided, like, I'm not paying this man another dollar, we moving out, I found another place, we was moving, and he see me on the street, and he come up to me, like, we're walking with my daughter and my wife, came up to me, he like, when are you gonna pay your rent? I'm like, bro, you're not getting another dollar from me. Uh, <clears throat> long story short, we he, he had put these CO2 monitors in my house. They wasn't working. Um, my wife called a gas company. I called him because we got CO2 or carbon monoxide, CO, carbon monoxide going on, not CO2, carbon monoxide uh, going in the house. And he, long story short, he tell me he going to get his lawyers to come after me. And I said, that's cool. I keep a lawyer on retainer. And then long, he never, he never goes into the process of doing what he going to do. But typically in those situations, like we ain't got no lawyers that we can call or deal with. And they would, they would try to come like, because you decide like, I'm just defending my rights, bro. You almost killed my family while I was in Iowa. Um, and like to even come at me and ask me for money opposed to even seeing that my family okay. Uh, and you you doing things that the gas company say you shouldn't have done and you steady doing it and still doing it after they tell you not to. But I say all that to say like, we just need more lawyers and chapter nine kind of go into it too. Like we, yeah. we ever want to change anything in the political system. We need people in, in politics. Chapter eight kind of yeah. tells us how to think. Like, that's the thing that stuck out to me. Like, just because we're talented at music doesn't mean we shouldn't learn how to read music. That was the, that was literally the, 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 the plot of Drumline. My man was talented, but couldn't read music. He was just gifted in the ability to hear sound. Like, if he was classically trained, he would be way better off. And I think we take that for granted. Not even just better off, you'd just be, you'd be bigger. You'd be a bigger, um, I mean, there's so many, even NBA players, like, they just naturally gifted and they just don't go any further than that and then they end up. I think Dwight Howard is, like, the example, he he had this tendency but couldn't shoot free throws. Your literal job is putting a ball in the basket. You should be good at that. Uh, And he, he he was berated by Kobe about this. And lo and behold, it was game three, I think. His free throw shooting, which was at 75% that game, what kept them in that game of, uh, I think, game three. So it's just crazy to me to see how, like, you could be this all-star on a professional level and still require this level of training and discipline to continue to be a superstar. Um, anybody else want to throw something? Well, well uh, Gilbert Arenas was talking about that. He said a lot of these players are just athletic and really good at, you know, they gifted at, at the sport. What make Luka Doncic so unguardable? Because he wasn't that. He's he's more fundamental than most of these guys. That's about speed and all that. Everything else, it throws them off. That's so what he Kobe, did small fundamental stuff. And he gonna get to where he going because y'all are only worried about the other parts. So y'all, what y'all good? That's why Kobe said Europeans gonna pass him. Because they practice on fundamentals opposed to we, you know, AAU and so run, jump, We start off shooting and then dribbling, right. not not more so to get the right. basic right. of the game. That's why he was with, you know, aside of having daughters, but in the WNBA, like, they actually play basketball. Uh, 
Yeah, so, so that's something that was really interesting. Uh, that's a good ass point. If you really, if you really care about fundamentals, watching the WNBA is where you're going to be, where you're going to be more intrigued versus the NBA, where it's just ISO. Like you don't want to have to read a defense. You're gonna make your, you're gonna make everyone clear out half the court, and you're gonna beat one person one to one. That's not team basketball. That's not fundamental basketball. That's, but that's what makes um, what's his name? What's them players? The CP3, Rondo. Brian, Lillard. No, no, I'm talking about as far as um defensive, like their mindset, the, the IQ of the game. Yeah. And no one's going on with that. As long as yeah, they want yeah. to. Yeah, Ron, CP3 is always going to be good on the team. He made he makes garbage. He made OKC to the finals. Like, he's yeah, always going to make teams good. Yeah, L- that's Lillard why, fucking That's why Lillard. Jason Kidd could play so long. Mm. Shit, Vince Carter. Talking about Jason Kidd. Nigga, who played longer than Vince Carter? Nigga played to the seven Still get buckets. He was like, "Why is he still playing basketball, still dunking. bro?" He dunked in his final <laughs> season of playing basketball, and he came in with Kobe. Just let that sit resonate. Um, then let's go ahead and hit the big dog chapter nine. Um, Rob, you had a quote from this chapter, I think. I think I, I want black. I want black to hit up this quote because he he posted it. He he posted a part of it this morning. Yeah. Okay. If you can control a man's thinking. You don't have to worry about his actions. When you determine what a man shall think, you do not have to concern yourself about what he will do. What is the implication of this? What does this quote really mean, though? What does this really one, mean? Once you can put a thought like, okay, you already like, it's basically, it, they can go back to religion. Because right now I know when I put these thoughts in your mind, it's a lot of stuff that I'm going to, I don't have to worry about you doing. It basically, don't you ain't got to think out the box. If I can convince you that something is what it, what it's not or what what you, what it should be, I'll be like, "Yo, you don't never need to learn how to count, bro. That ain't your thing." Now I I, I can barely know how to count, and I can steal all your money. It, and let's let's do this. Let's, and the example I use is that we just had an election, and there was hundreds of people on Facebook all throughout my timeline saying shit like, "The political system don't matter. Whoever you vote for, the hood is gonna look the same no matter what." And I immediately would then ask this person, so what have you done for the hood lately? And their response 110 times over and over is, it ain't my job to take care of the hood. And there it is. That's the trap. It's been set. They told you. Ask them who the fuck they all the men is. What district they live in. They told you. (laughs) Voting doesn't matter. And then when you have a problem... Your request also doesn't matter. And I think the book even took it a step further. Immediately after that quote, it says, in fact, once and if you and if the worst case scenario is itself, the, the situation they set up was when the slaves were set free and the slave owner had hired his slaves to then become workers and then said, hey, y'all can come eat inside. And they all lost their appetite and didn't want to eat. And he asked what was wrong. One of them was brave enough to say, hey, look, we used to eat outside. Let us eat that side. Not only will they succumb to this weakness, if they don't have that weakness to go to, they'll try and make it out for themselves. <laughs> and it speaks to the nature. General Tubman was right. You got to shoot these cats. They, 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 there is no getting better from this. This mindset is still depraving us. Like they told, uh, they told you, Rob. Uh, one of your math teachers told you to go be an accountant, and here you are today. If that wasn't the case, 
What happens if the seed wasn't planted? What happens? I'll be right. I'll probably be right. Be be right next to one of my best friends. He locked up for forty years. To be honest. So, what's the impl- implications of not knowing or not being told? How do we need to stop telling kids? I don't believe in telling kids you can be anything. I believe in telling black kids you need to be a lawyer. You need to be an archaeologist. You need to be something. Uh, you need to have something to do with development of this world. You can't be an artist. You're already gifted. You can get that can be a hobby. And if hey, and if it makes you a billion dollars, then you can go pay for someone to go be famous. But how important is it to, for us to plant seeds in our own community? I mean, other cultures do it. Uh, you know, they tell they tell their the kids what to be. I'll tell them you can be anything you want to. You know, um, you think you came over here to be, you came over here to be a doctor, you know, know, uh, right. That's too, that too. Like, um, so you do need to be able to give back. And I just, one other thing that kind of, I thought was crazy in the whole thing was like, um, I thought about when Kanye said like the slavery piece was a choice when they talked about like, um, slavery as a benevolent institution is how they try to show it in, in class and things like that. And it's like, that's just the teaching that was kind of given. But the other part of it is like, um, I think there's that slavery of the mindset where he talked about in a book where you have, uh, they, you know that they're teaching this and you have educated people that try to come back in and teach black history but you got black people on the forefront saying no they don't need to know that yeah um, the, the and story i thought that was so yeah i thought that was so crazy yeah and the story of the constitution like my constitution test i thought it was ass like we went through the bill of rights uh and i think that was about it like it was memorization of what those were yeah uh Rob, when we're dealing with a situation where the power of knowledge, this is, is this the, the birth of power from knowledge? Like, do we get better by understanding our true potential in this situation? Because uh, the counter argument was for this was by giving them slavery, we gave them peace of mind. Like, <laughs> like that was their argument. And I mean, you can argue like that was their argument and they took it to there's still people arguing that to today. The segregation mindset, like there's people out here saying we don't need white people in our community. I'm like, my guy, uh, do you pay enough taxes to cover this? Because they <laughs> <laughs> like so like what is what's your mindset on this? I know I kind of branched off on this, but what's your mindset on this whole idea of planting the seed and having knowledge? No, I think. I think above everything else, and Demetti hit on it last week, right, when he was talking about the school that he went to on the south side of Chicago and how they trained, in a sense, their mind to always think of true Black excellence, right? So when they go to high school and they go to college, they know how great they are, right? So they don't, they probably won't struggle with this thing called imposter syndrome, which is a real thing, right? Because it's been ingrained, ingrained in their mind at a young age. So, you know, to your earlier point of the question you say you ask people like what have you done for the hood lately honestly that burden falls on all of us right Mm -hmm. we have to be the ones to go back into these neighborhoods that we came from and like recently for me so the first school i ever attended as a as a child was dulles 
and it's a school on right off uh, it's a school on 63rd and Calumet right so right there old block parkway all of that right so that's originally where my family roots are right so I reached out to the principal um, and I want to say like a few months ago like around May like man I if, if, if I wanted to put on a career day at this school and I fund it completely I get the guest speakers I do everything can we do it didn't get a response right so I reached back out to her after yes, after last week's session. I was like, man, I really want to do this. I'm going to reach out to her again. So I reached out and then I got a response this time, right? And they're like, the moment COVID over, let's do it, right? But it's on us, the Blacks, the JBs, the Heroes, the Roberts. We have to be the force to help instill hope back into to- these communities. He said blacks. He said blacks. Yeah. <laughs> Not black people. Black, 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 black. I'm like, damn, you know, I'll come. Okay, but so, and and I want to speak to this because a lot of people, let's talk about the reason why we don't do this. There's two re- primary reasons why people, black people won't immediately just step up and say, all right, I'm ready to start helping the black. One, they think it's going to cost them something. And then two, they don't think it's worth it. They don't think it's worth it. And I can speak to the first one. I was really hesitant in college to get come back to TF North or to come back to my school to try and do the Lions program. The Lions program basically let six juvenile people with felony records have their court cases sealed so if they, I could get them through the first two summers of college. And if they if they got in, literally the judge looked me in the face and was like, you the deciding factor because they've been to these detention camps. They don't want to do that shit. They, they can't go back home because their, their parents have restraining orders against them. And the police in their district can't wait to shoot them. So if we send their ass from Chicago all the way up to our, down there to Arkansas and they make it, that's on you, hero. I was like, and what if they don't? Well, then they're going to jail because they're going to turn 18 and they won't be, they can't stay in juvenile anymore. So I took these kids in and they all, all six of them made it through the Lions program. But it was me as a 21, 22 year old telling these 18 year olds, like you, you, I'm a, okay, I'm a football star. And like, I had the luxury of having like NFL teams showing up every day. So they was like, damn, this dude is like legit. And so it is. But ultimately what I told them is, but even though I got all this happening over here, I still go to class at 6am with y'all. I still, I still go to study hall. I still work out. And it was that form of discipline that they never saw. They was like, so you can do both. And I was like, yeah, why not? You can too. And it was like, probably, it was like four years ago, but well after they, one of them made them, one of them hit me back up and was on some, hey, can you send me the picture from those days we was, we was in college? Because I was like, man, you ain't trying to steal my identity or something. Like what's really going on? And, and he was like, no, nah, man, I got this corner offer corner office and he works at this solar engineering company he's an engineer now it's like yeah they gave me this corner office i want to put the pictures up and that shit blew my fucking mind i was like damn this dude made it and it was just because i said you can follow me around for six weeks so that aspect of just go out and do it man it does you don't need money to do it you don't have to be rich you don't have to be famous you are you are a hero to anybody who's not making it right now and as a black a black man, man, just seeing black men being able to smile in your face, that shit is enough to warm somebody's heart. So I implore you, please just go do it. Uh, JB, 
what do you think is going to be a driving force for us moving forward? Do you think this camaraderie, do we need to start like a group where bringing back, like you said, bringing back uh, uh, this career day and career fair things. And even with COVID, if COVID doesn't go away, should we start thinking of a way to do this through Zoom? Because Rob, I can do it if they, if they, if, if you want to bring me in through Zoom. As we are using Zoom now to communicate, we should be able to advance this. Uh, JB, do you think there is time to push these things forward? Oh, you busy. You busy, busy. Yeah, I got her calling me, but um, she all right. Uh, she don't want anything. But, the look. Uh, tell your mama. The look. Uh, you talk, you're muted like, go tell your mama. Yeah, she don't, she, she don't want nothing. But, um, <clears throat> I, I, yeah, it was kind of like to where I started. I mean, um, from the mentors that I have in my life personally, and they've done different things successfully, but they give you a different sense of confidence too. Um, when you know you're trying to do stuff and do different things. And I'll talk to your original point as to why people don't typically do it quicker or whatever. Um, sometimes it's the audience that you're going to. And I know typically like with us, if you don't have something going on for yourself, I don't care what you're talking about. And that was kind of um, my mentality kind of growing up too, because like I've had enough people tell me right and wrong that ain't got nothing going on, mm. you know? Um, so I think one thing that had hindered me as I continued to elevate, like I, I knew I was struggling, like, but I only knew that. That's And that's kind of only in my head. Nobody really knew what I had going on um, financially, but I'm, that's, I'm, that's I'm separated. Yeah. That's an interesting concept because like I'm thinking about the people that came to talk to me when I was younger, I didn't really understand what success was. Like, I don't think people that young really grasp what success means. So someone coming up and telling you, I have more freedom than you in the sense that I can go buy a PS5. You can't, that's what makes me better than you. Even if it's broken down to that, that low of a scale, I think that matters. That has context because once again, you know, your situation, I know I can't go out here and buy a Lamborghini, but once again, I don't need a Lamborghini to be successful. That's not the definition of my success. So I don't think like we should, uh, that fear of being rejected by a person in high school because their objectively objective vision of you is success. Like uh, Domati said last week, there's mailmen who out here got houses and I'm out here still renting. So that's a fact right there. That's a fact right there. And I'm just thinking about the audience. I mean, if you look at, uh, young black men, what they what they got right now? I'm like, man, they richer than me. Like, what's going on? You know, like, like, you know, what's what's going on? Like, that's how it looks. You know, but that's how they. That's but they, that's, they, that's they that's mentally poor. They, they be mentally poor. They mentally poor, but they mentally poor as fuck. Coming at me like this, you know how? So it goes back to thinking of different avenues, like the career days and different ways to kind of t- reach back and talk. And, and have those conversations and being strategic with it because I mean it sounds good to say hey you can just go grab such and such and they gonna listen to you but. yeah I I come back to this story about when I was at a career day in Austin Texas and you know I told I told the man it's a it was a athletic it was an athletic mentorship program and I told them like when you're talking to me you got to stand up and uh one kid was just, he wanted to be a clown, wanted to be a joke, but he was fresh, 
fresh from head to toes. Everything I could tell, like, okay, this kid's got well over six hundred dollars of a paraphernalia on him. Yeah. Good for him, uh, you know. But I called him up one time, so he's like, "Hey, man, why is your sh- why are your shoes so pointy?" I was wearing a, a business a business shoe. He's like, "Why are your shoes so pointy?" I was like, "That's the that's the fashion. That's the style, man." He was like. It was like, I don't know, man. I think my J's, I was like, hey, your J's are pretty nice, pretty impressive. And I just told him, let's take a calculator out right now. You know, let's just game you up. Calculate him out of $600. You know, the room gave him a round of applause. Like, that's good, man. You look good. And then I pulled out my uh, pulled out my uh, financial investment account and showed him, like, I have 10 of you in my account right now. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Now, let me explain something to you guys. He is hood rich. I am educated rich. There's a difference. And I think we have to start forcing these young kids to stop putting their reliance on their physical wealth and start putting it back into their mental wealth. Like it is, we are literally seeing kids buy themselves into debt before they even get an education. Like the first form of debt I experienced was in college. There's people who can't even get loans to go to college because their debt is out of control right now because they were stunned for the hood. Yeah, yeah uh, my, my buddy was um my buddy working on that with kids now too though because he's doing his um his financial class with the, with the high schoolers and he was helping them get into college and some people that was on their way to college couldn't go to college because they had debt like their names were on the houses and shit like that they didn't never knew of light bills messed up messing up everything. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know nothing about it until their fucking senior year. So he's starting to help them with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on this little financial literacy program myself. So, what about the political expect aspect of this? Like, I was telling myself I want to run for a political position, and the first thing my mom told me was like, "Then everyone will call you a liar." And I was like. Did you call Barack Obama a liar, mom? And she was like, no. I was like, so why the hell are you going to call your son a liar? <laughs> you know, she. What hit- if you don't lie, though? Like, well, like, what if you don't lie? And, th- and that's the thing. And it goes back to this whole saying where, like, we don't trust black people to do white people things. We like or we don't yeah. give we don't give black people the benefit of the doubt. Like, you can't do this. But we know through representation, things only get better for us. So what are what are our stances on this? Like, um. I have the idea. Patriotic people cannot be black. That's what this chapter kind of throws in our face. Like if you're a patriotic person, you don't see a problem with the way America is. But in reality, and from this election, we know black people have saved democracy more than once. Uh, It's a shame that we went to go fight in these wars and then got back home and got lynched for wearing the uniform. Like those are real life things. How important is how important or how ingrained is the black man or black uh, census in America right now? Like, d- does America definitely owes us a boat of confidence, right? Like, you want to take the lead on that? No, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. I'll come out. No, I think I think this one's perfect yeah, for you. Black, you're the you you the you the heart mind right here. Nah, cause I was I was looking at I would t- take care of some other stuff. That's why I say go ahead and knock. <laughs> I mean, we built the country. If you if we want to be honest, but by um, built, what do you mean? I mean, they brought us over here as slaves. Uh, that's the foundation of the country. Um, and then when when the when we come back, we go to war. 
we're at war with them. You know, we kind of level the side, whatever side we on, that's the side, right? We're during the Civil War. Um, you go from Civil War, we come back as slaves, but then the Industrial Revolution happened, everybody moving to cities. Guess who in the factories? That's us. Um, and, and doing all of that other different work. So we, I mean, we built it uh, at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, I know you was talking about the political aspects of it. And we keep saying, you know, things need to change. Things need to change. Things need to change. But, I mean, we we living off this constitution that, I mean, as long as you continue to say this constitution is what we govern the country by, I mean, we, I don't care what you change. Ain't nothing changing. Yeah, we'll white, always be behind. Yeah, the white male patriarchy is to die for. People will, would rather uh, send themselves into political disarray defending this hierarchy because this hierarchy guarantees them a, a consensus form of power. Like once again, you don't have to you don't have to fight them if in their minds they are, believe that what we're saying is true. If you control their mind, you can control their actions too. But that is how we get black people who want to vote for Trump. That's that this this, this is how it happens. The Constitution. And just the way of their life. Like, I think Tim Scott is Tim Scott and uh, Daniel Cameron are some of the worst black politicians on the Republican side. It's just like you understand that they're using you for show. These are, these are the Candace owners, but you don't care. You only care about the ability to sit comfortably amongst them. And therein lies yeah. the problem. Yeah, I always say Candace Owens too smart for her own good. Like, she got some great, like, she, she's, I'll, I'll say she's the most intelligent idiot. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Like she's too smart for her own good. Like she's she's the classic version of who this book is about. Mm-hmm. Um and you think about the she's joy. The smartest idiot like she's in the joy. Room most of the time. She's, she's joy. joy. Yeah, oh yeah. Candace Owens is joy. And the and the thing about it is these people still never get a seat at the table. Right. And, which is what we're looking for. Well, you see, she ain't get to speak. You see, she ain't get to speak at the RNC. Yeah, I said that. Rob, how important is it for us to not yield in the situation? There were seventy items put out by the by the Progressive Black Caucus about seven. Joe Biden said it outright. I thanks black people for helping me win this election. How important is it <laughs> for us to have a seat at the table? I don't care about the seat at the table. I just want Joe Biden to. To come through with what he promised, I want them loans forgiven. <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 I mean, we hold him to the fire by sitting at the table. It's hard. You can yell at him from True. your Twitter True. account, but if you're sitting at the table, I'm to cook the food. You, <laughs> you said you want to cook the food. You don't poison the shit out of his ass. You don't do what the fuck I say. <laughs> hey man, don't be saying that out loud. It's got to go out into the internet, bro. Gonna be antifreeze. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's good. Most need to know where we coming from. <laughs> Damn, I ain't want Freeman on here. If you take care of you, eat good. You don't, you don't. You know. No, but he rock. When you put it that way, I agree. I think I think a seat a, a seat at the table um, is important because you can really hold someone accountable when you have that true voice. I, I mean, I'm a big component because that. Like, I argue politics like because people hit me up with. 
How are you going to vote Democratic when they haven't done anything for four, seven years? Well, shut the fuck up. I've only been into politics for the last four years, so I'm starting late. Forgive me. But it's still better than me doing nothing, absolutely nothing, you know? So I always rest on those morals. Uh, Anybody else have something to throw in Chapter 9? I like. I feel like there's this whole political spectrum. That so, we're... Go ahead. I, I did have one last thing that, like... Um... And it was talking about kind of how you educate the Negroes so poorly, basically, right? You try to sabotage, sabotage them so much and you don't view us as an asset. How could you ever truly want a better or a safer country knowing that that poor percentage of people is going to occupy the country and, and, and do so many things? Like, I thought that was crazy. Like, that was a crazy, so crazy dichotomy to me. It's so crazy because it's the same thing about people who are like, uh, pro-life and then we're like but there's over 70,000 kids that go to bed hungry every day in America what about those kids and they have nothing for us it's the same people that are like oh segregation should be a thing and it's like okay but the principal's black so you're gonna let all these white kids go to this 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 school with the black uh principal well yeah because you know it's just the kids we want to keep separated it's it's so weird. It's that faithless argument. It's that mindless argument. It's the trying to just hold on to that white supremacy. Uh, man, that's a great point. Like you claim you want this country to be better, you control the situation, but you're not interested in getting the people who are in this country better. Like I said this once, and somebody it blew someone's mind. I was like, hey, maybe if we didn't send missiles to these countries, Af- brown and black countries, to blow them up and we just sent the money that the missiles cost, things would get better for them. And they're like, how would they get better? And then I turn and say, how do blowing them up make them better? You're literally blowing people up who don't even own weapons. Like, what's the what's your reasoning behind that? I, I tell people gas is 189, but guess what? Ain't nobody been blowing up for it. All of a sudden, gas prices drop low as hell, but ain't nobody dying for it. That's that's strange. That's strange, because y'all I had, told I had us. A guy, a guy at work, I was like, yeah, um, I'm like, um, buy the one, bro. He's like, oh, that goes to gas prices. I'm like, so you think um, Trump made the gas prices low? You didn't, think, you didn't know about the surplus because of COVID, my man? They had shit to do with Trump. The, so you, want, nat- like, you can't kind of put it on Trump. Yeah, you can not put it on Trump. Like, thank you. the reason that COVID took over like this. So out of control. Out of control. Yeah. It's so out of control. And I think that's going to be like When he said that shit, I'm like, all right, bro. How painful like, is it talking to some of these cats, man? How painful. The worst part is they be union members. Like, if you're in a union and you know that folks are right to work, that's going to fucking dramatically affect your income and your health care, but you feel like you support them for some odd reason, I'm like, go ahead, do your thing, bro. So it's it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like, uh, and you think back to how the poor whites and black people work together to get this educational system, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, y'all have this, the poor whites have the same education that we do. So yeah. it's like those those thoughts continue to clash over and over and over again because y'all thinking about it from a class system, but not realizing that y'all really in the same situation that we are. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I yeah, stopped saying crazy. people, no, I stopped saying, telling people like, somebody was like, I'm super against white cops. I was like, I'm against all cops. I think black cops are the worst type of cops because they know the history and they're okay with it. And then not only are they okay with it, they're gladly enforce it on you. I say 
socially, economically disadvantaged people are the victims. It, it just happens that you're black in the situation. Everybody in this country is one bad altercation away with from with an officer from being against being for defund the police. All these people mm-hmm. who drive around talking about, oh, I'm a Trump supporter. All it takes is one bad pullover and you're going to be about that to fund the police life because inherently their systematic oppression doesn't care what color you are. If you can't sue them, if you can't get them fired, if you can't hold them responsible, you're a victim to them. You are a victim to them. There's a reason why in the state, in the city of Dallas, on <laughs> there's, this, there's a block in Dallas that spans four blocks. Uh, it's in the medical district going to the business district. There's net in the in the last seven years, nobody has ever been pulled over or written a citation on that block. And everybody brought their attention to this district. Then when they had to go look, and BMWs, Mercedes, uh, all these damn cars, doctors coming down, down. You pull anyone over there, and it wasn't because they waved you down. You lost your job. But just right outside that block, it's uh, Uncle Pookie and them's pharmacy store and they got hella people getting citations hella citations but just one block over nobody gets pulled over it's it's a system Mm -hmm. bob you had something Uh, i think i think jb jb hit it on head earlier when he said when he made the point of i had a lawyer on retainer it's like if you don't if, if, if you don't have that economic independence the system is going to take advantage of you regardless of your background And that's why I feel like like sometimes I see people going through this argument of a white person and a black person um, can commit the same crime and they'll get different time sentences. The only question I ask in response to that is, what's the economic background of both families? Mm. I feel like if if that's held constant and then and then within the same district and different sentences play out, then it's different. But I feel like it comes down to economics. If you ain't got no money, nah, it'd be, it'd, it'd be, nah, it, it be white people without money that, that get off, bro. No, they, they, I think uh, Rob is, for the, Rob is for the right. System, yeah, Rob, no, I'm saying, but at the same time, bro. Yeah, there is an issue off, of race. It's, yeah, it's definitely the race thing, bro, because it'd it be same people, same course, like fucking, I was walking down a block with a Mexican, and at the end of the block, they was locking up all the black dudes. Mind you, I wasn't with none of these niggas. When whatever went on, went on, we get by the police, they grab me and let the Mexican go. So we all got put in a paddy wagon. That nigga got let go. Yeah. Because he wasn't the black. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? This is a high school. Like, well, we all got locked up for a girl fight. All boys got locked up for a girl fight. Like 30 of us was in that motherfucker. No. And then the one Mexican that was walking with me coming from doing some homework got let go. I think what yeah, Rob's saying like is, I think what Rob's saying is though, that ain't gonna happen to LeBron saying though. And if it do happen to LeBron saying, y'all gonna shut that crazy down. Yep, facts. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly, exactly that's not even yeah, but that, that's not even really a financial difference to either though. Like, cause LeBron but is saying yeah, somebody like, broke that kind of, but, but somebody with that kind of like, can't yeah. say or money, like you not doing that. You but know, you, I mean, you can you it, it's the people you know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. The if if you I'm see off- me got out because it was a lot of rich people on the side, but once yeah. that fucking billionaire <clears> white man, billionaire, 
the crafts, the crafts. The million that black dude that was with him ain't ain't one of the one. And the dude that owned Fat Bloods. Yeah, Robert Kraft came out there and said, "I like his music. Why is he in jail?" Like, you know what? That's a great question. Hey, hey, let that man out. Let's get him a documentary. Yeah, let's get him a documentary. Let's work on everybody else that's that's going through the same. Got that? Not only a documentary, the man coming out with a movie about it. A, yeah. a young version of him, and he's and it's a really a good movie, bro. And it's a really good like, movie. Like Robert Kraft, they're supposed to release like a hundred thousand people over the next ten years or something like that. Yeah. Well, they and, can do it now. Why they gotta wait a uh, ten years? Because they don't cut. have no system set up to rejuvenate these motherfuckers. They put them in the jail just to put them in a box <laughs> and leave them there. They ain't try to learn. They ain't try to teach them a damn thing. They're like, okay, we can't really let them go because. That we ain't talking about ready to go. So now they're they upset. Society. <laughs> yeah, we, the prisons, like our prison system is so out of whack. Sweden's prison system is literally an open, open area. You can come and go. Like people in Sweden who's serving crimes for against humanity <laughs> can leave to go to work and then come back. And they check in and everything's fine. They have libraries, game stores. They got jacuzzis and shit, right? Yeah, jacuzzis and shit. Like, you can pay to have a better prison cell. If you was just some broke dude when you went to jail, they'd be like, all right, you can work your way up. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, yeah, you can get yourself a two-bedroom cell with no roommate. And dude was like, why would I want to leave? They are now closing down prisons there. And some people are like, I don't want to leave. So I'll continue to break the crime, which is not leaving. Therefore, I have to stay. And and they're in jail learning though. They yeah they provide they, you all have to type leave. of programs. You can't leave if you are if you have a sentence. They be this is and this is another thing they had to change. This is when you know your prison's too good. They used to have a minimum. Then they had to drop the minimum down because they said if you get a minimum, you would have to get a degree before you could leave. So motherfuckers was actually out here com- committing petty larceny to get their degrees paid for. They was in school learning like a motherfucker, real real classes. A real process, but here we, the we as a country keep you down working. <laughs> we as a country imprison our own population the most than anybody in the world, even though we're the fifth biggest population in the country. I mean, in the world. Uh, I think China. I think Netflix even got a prison um like series where they show yeah. go out and show the prisons around the world. Yeah, and you'd be like, ah, damn! Like some of them was are bad, and some of them are like, what the fuck is this? Like yeah. this, dude, that's a resort. This ain't no fucking prison. This ain't not a prison, bro. This is a resort. Uh, New Zealand has something similar to them that as well. It's just mind-boggling, like, the amount of effort we put into trying to hurt our own people if we just did the, what was right. There are more houses than there are homeless people right now, and we still got homeless people. That's crazy to me. Like, why don't why don't we care enough to just... And it wouldn't hurt nobody. If, if no one's paying for it. It's, it was it's a city... A, what what that city at? Was that in, in Canada, where they 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 gave the homes all the homes people a place to live and they you know help yeah, them get jobs? Canada, in Vancouver. Yeah, your ain't job, no, no your job. Too. Every morning you wake up and they scan the they scan their metrics and say, all right, we need janitors and sanitation people in these areas. That's what you're doing for the day, until you get a full time gig. But like it's just we have this disgust of wanting to help see poor people get better like and i don't understand what where it comes from like who's it hurting what's the mirror behind it but i mean shit we'll be here all day trying to solve the world's problems uh chapter 10 nope we're done oh we're done 
Yeah, we was only doing the four. Oh, we're gonna okay. do four and then five for the end. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Shit. Oh yeah. I definitely want I, to. I, I de- see, I read 10. I, I, JB, don't don't mind black. Hey, black because is, it's a it's a quote. Like, because I stopped myself today on 10. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in 10. Yeah, that quote, quote from 10. Got to rock next right, week. Yeah, right, gotta right, away, okay. right away. Right okay. away. Got to rock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll stop here then. We'll stop here then. Uh, then we'll just do the quick rundown real quick. Uh, JB, you said uh, you, you send a shout out to somebody. What you want to shout out? Yeah, man, I was shouting out Angry Hero. Like I said, my boy Dane, uh, Angry Hero. They've been they've been at it for some years, but it's all about, you know, we read books like this and we get upset about the situations that we get into, but what are we doing with that anger um, and how are we using it constructively? So, Black, what you trying to shout out? Oh, no, I just got my shirt to say Black Dollars Matter, which is realistic. But I'm going to send you Swan's info in case he do make other stuff like this. I ain't, he ain't have a brand. He's like, hey, bro, what's your shirt size? And he just sent me a shirt. I'm like, okay, shit, cool. Now, I'm a, now I got to show show my boys some love. All right, Rob, what you, what you supporting this week? Uh, the show that I got on currently is by Entrepreneur out of Chicago, Edward Art. Um, and, and this shirt specifically says One Eat All Eat. All right, all right. And all those, all those, that merch and all those links will be in the comment section below. So don't hesitate to hit that up. Make sure you guys get involved. Make sure you reach out, spend those dollars on your people. Uh, if I have a message for my people this week, it's going to be a message of health. Please put on your goddamn mask. For every thousand cases of COVID, whether you live or die, if you're Black, one of you are dying, guaranteed. We had 180,000 new cases this week. That means take one for every thousand of those people. Someone do the math. Black people died during this case. We are dying at an exponential rate. We are getting infected at an exponential rate. But guess what category we don't have the exponential rate in? Hospitalization and recovery. Those are two things that we are not leading in a virus that only kills 1% of the people it infects. In our population, it kills twenty seven percent of the people in fact. Yeah, we lost. We lost. Um, in my family, we lost two close family friends. One was like my godmother. Two days ago, they both died the same day from COVID. Our condolences go out to your family. But I've seen too many people, young people our age, taking this not seriously. This is not over. We are not in the safe hood. This is not some hey, you just got to live your life situation. This is a disease that travels and infects people who don't have anything to do with you. So if you're going out, please put on your mask, minimize your groups to six people. And for the love of God, it's it's not worth it. If you have family members, elderly people, your own self. I literally know a man who was 34 years old. He went to the gym every day, took all his vitamins, health never was sick. He was, he, I had to take him off the vent. We are running out of space and the vaccine is nowhere near the hero it needs to be done because one, who gave us the results of that vaccination? The company. You want to know why the company gave us the results of the vaccination? Because guess when their numbers are coming out next week. So don't believe the hype. Understand that nothing has been scientifically peer reviewed and that there's hundreds of questions that still need to go into power. We have no vaccine coming this year. This is something, so don't think there's going to be an easy save. Please take care of yourselves and one another. Uh, if you want to really be about Black people, put on your goddamn mask, because this disease is killing us the quickest. Uh, and with that, that is the 
the books and beyond mail book club uh sorry to end on such a somber note but go fuck yourself that's how i feel (laughs) (laughs) hey i I could end us on a a little positive a note uh completely different you know jeezy and gucci they gonna do their versus battle man and that's just that's historic to me, given their culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, given their history, but between the two, and just I was thinking you know, about live you streaming. You got an that. enemy out there, yeah, man. If you got an enemy out there, somebody that you just ain't been rocking with or whatever, man, we can work together. And I think, I think, I think Meek, I think Meek has something to do with that too. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, fill me in. I'm, I'm a little rap, rap history illiterate. What Gucci and. Jeezy, Jeezy, and Jeezy, they nah, never. Man, Gucci killed one said of two people. To, yeah. <laughs> Jesus sent people to kill him. Gucci killed yeah. them and went there and got <laughs> off of it. Yeah. Well, goddamn. So they need to open up with So Icy, man. That's when they're going to I'm looking forward to it. Who man. hosts but these I, things? I, I, th- I, th- I think Meek did, um, was the reason that a lot of people are, you know, giving up on their past beefs, too. And plus, some of the stuff that just happened with these young kids, these drill rappers that keep killing each other. Cause when Meek was in tour with Drake, and then it was it was like he was like, man, why am I in tour with these people? And then he was like, he went back and you know fixed that shit. I, once you make a certain status, you have to give up that whole trap or die lifestyle. Like you can rap about it. And no, it ain't no, it ain't the lifestyle that you got to give up. It's 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 it's. But it's it is the lifestyle you got to give up. It's the stuff before. It's no, it's the stuff. Yeah. It's you got to give up before yeah. you got all be. the bullshit, bro. Cause you can you can yeah. trap. Like that ain't got nothing to do with what you having the enemies. Like why you got to yeah. hate on a motherfucker for trapping? Mm-hmm. I'm putting you on, or you you can put me on, or I can just get my money over here. You get your money over there. Enough people smoking crack to where even if, even if I you have to wait till I sell out, it's somebody gonna, gonna sell out it. after me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, they <laughs> not gonna stop smoking crack when mine get sold out. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. You shouldn't be selling crack to your own people anyway, man. Hey, but you know what? That's a, but hey, that's a business transaction. It takes two or three <laughs> parties. Like I'm not a I'm not about I to never, see, yeah. never sell to kids, I, but that's a yeah. grown man business transaction. I'm not I'm hey women could it be out here selling ass? Hey, I'm not gonna tell her not to sell ass. Get your fucking product purse. Get your you money, baby do. girl. Get your money. What what like we got that um that dude that was working for NASA, the black man that was smoking crack. Did y'all ever see his interview? Yeah, he was he was okay, bro. He was working. He's still working, bro. Yeah. He's like I like I smoke crack, but I seen people worse than me. Like I ain't yeah. going to spend everything, but crack. I love crack more than anything. That nigga was like, you, you seen the interview, Rob? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot you the interview, bro. Because you yes. see this interview, you can be like, damn, high functioning that's drug what, addicts are a thing. Yeah, but it helps you understand a lot. Like when like I, for some, I need for some to of those people, who, yeah, for some of those people who don't understand. You know why crackheads feel the way it take over their mind. Basically, like you said, if you control what a man thinks, that drug control what a man thinks. You ain't got to worry about what he's gonna do because he's gonna buy that uh, crack. You know, in my comic book, I'm actually writing a sequence right now. There's a sequence right now, and uh, one of the villains in the comic book, he has the ability to, if he hears your voice, he has the ability to persuade you to do things for him. But he always targets drug addicts, and the and the quote he uses is. He was like, how do you get them to do what you want to do? He was like, at first, you know, I use the drugs to motivate them, to get them to do it, to get them to, you know, see it. And then afterwards, I then start using my persuasion. And it's like, but I noticed you don't use your persuasion on them anymore because the thrill of them thinking they might get some drugs from me is enough to keep them coming back to me. Hey, do you, um, do you pad your characters? Do I pad my characters? Uh, I have the life patterns from Project ETO. They fall under Project ETO patent. 
Because it's a movie that just came out with a dude that had a power that he could he can convince people to do stuff. Oh, I mean, I mean that's a character from everywhere. If you want to think of Professor yeah. X, like it's a it's a common trope, but how you want to write about him? Like my dude yeah. is a black guy with dreads and glowing eyes. Like okay, that's that, that's his cause going to be patent, but like superhero yeah. powers aren't they can't be patented. Like uh, that's they try to do that shit with uh, Superman. They're like. Uh, you can't have any superhero with a cape. Why not? Because Superman's here. And they're like, nah, bruh. Cape doesn't mean you're... Yeah, it's so fake. It's just like... Superman got every power. Like, Yeah. You can't any power you need him it. to have, he has. <laughs> he got it. <laughs> yeah. Silver Age Superman was untouchable. Untouchable. But shoot... Uh, and I still don't get how he moves to Batman. That makes zero sense. Batman got money, bro. <laughs> Batman, Batman is really a bad guy, and people don't want to have this conversation. Y'all remember the movie with the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Poison Ivy? She was trying to reforest the 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 Amazons, and he was trying to bring down global warming. And a white billionaire came in there and punched him in the face and, and tried to beat their ass for doing that. And what are we going through now? Global warming and lack of forest in in, in Amazons. All I'm saying is Batman is a bad guy. He is a bad guy. I'm just he saying. just America. No, Batman, most, Batman most don't lose. Just be right. That's all. Most Bat, yeah, Batman. Right. They don't be. They, they would go overboard. But Batman is America, bro. That's why he always <laughs> Batman, wins. Batman is America. He has to win. Yes, because like like every he knows what everybody do can do and what all their weaknesses could be in case something goes wrong. But even if it don't go wrong, I'm still gonna implement what the fuck I got going on. To prevent you from being being as great as you are. Yeah, I like that whole Justice League one where uh, Flash was like, "All right, you got all these weaknesses on us. What would happen if somebody took over you?" And he was like, "Well, that's why I made the Justice League to stop me." Oh, so that's your plan, bro? To put all of us against you? You think it's gonna take all of us? Flash can literally run back in time and beat your mama's ass before she had you. Like, no, you gotta take. Oh, to be Batman, you just gotta take his money. After that, it's over. <laughs> That's such a fact. Like that's Iron a, Man said, that's, that's what Iron Man said. Like it's it's, it's fucking shit. It's because he's rich. Yeah. He hey. said, "I'm a billionaire genius playboy philanthropist." Yeah. <laughs> that's what he asked. What you got after that suit? <laughs> <laughs> you take that money. That, these motherfuckers ain't gonna be shit. Bad. Well, shit, fellas. It's been good, man. Uh, we all good. Anything else? Uh, got the last five chapters next week. No, we got four chapters, then five we got. Okay, four and five. So two more four chapters. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, we good. All right, fellas. Rob disappeared. Right, you no, know, my my Sunday gonna be straight. I ain't got no, Rob, Rob, I think we can hear Rob. I don't think he left yet. He just yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, yeah. he just cut the camera off. He was um getting negative, something. <laughs> had, had a boogie. <laughs> <laughs> boogie. He like, all right, baby, the book is almost done. We about to get it. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> all right, come on, let's get off. Rob is busy. Alright, alright, fellas. Alright, guys. Alright, guys.